It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners Live after the Oklahoma Sooners beat Iowa State 50 to 20. We'll have all the post-game reaction here for you. Read some of your comments and your reactions to the big time win on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners after a big 50 to 20 win over Iowa State. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. And thank you for being with us here live on the show. So much to break down from this performance, but I just want to start with this. This Oklahoma Sooners team can best be described as resilient. The Iowa State Cyclones get to one point about nine minutes into the second quarter or with about nine minutes left in the second quarter. And the Sooners then rattle off 29 unanswered. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal to watch because this is a team that in years past, when things get close, they get dicey. They start losing confidence in themselves. They lose confidence in their scheme, in their, in their keys. They don't trust what they're seeing in front of them. They go out there and try to make, make the play that isn't there to be made, but everybody's trying a little bit too hard, but they settled in nicely after giving up a couple big plays on a couple of coverage busts that led to touchdowns or just not playing the coverage, right. Or not playing the ball in the air correctly. And from the nine minute mark of the second quarter, they shut down Iowa state. They absolutely dominated them. And what's impressive to me is, okay, Iowa state, they were running the ball pretty well in the first half. And you thought, Oh man, this is, this is same old, same old, right? This is par for the course for the Oklahoma Sooners defense. Well, in the second half, they held Iowa state to less than three yards per carry. The other thing that I feel like really describes this team. Well, is they make adjustments and that's what we saw from you know, the, the middle of the second quarter when it was a one point game, the defense made adjustments and they looked much better as the game went along. And Rocco Beck, I mean, early on he was completing, I think he had completed at one point, maybe seven of 13 and the dude finished the day, uh, something like, what was it? 15 of 33. So he was seven of 13 and then only comp- completed five of his next 20 passes. That's a great performance by this defense. That's a great adjustment by the defense to be able to one, make things very, very uncomfortable for them Two, get your hands up and not allow some of these things to, to be easy. And, and three, just being better in the run game where you're then having to set up Iowa state with some longer third downs. And I think this is what complimentary football looks like, right? You want your, your defense to be able to get quarterbacks into third and long situations because the, the longer the down and distance, the lower the percentage of passes. So, I mean, this is a, this was a really, really strong performance. Yeah. They gave up 20 points to Iowa state. Yes. It was a one point game in the second quarter, but the way that they responded, 
that's the thing. That's the biggest takeaway I have from this. The way that they responded is not an Oklahoma Sooners team of the past. Oklahoma Sooners teams of the past would allow this to stay a close game, would allow Rocco Beck to look like a Heisman Trophy winner, would have allowed you know this Iowa State defense to take advantage of them a little bit in certain areas. But no, this looked a whole lot better than what we've seen in the past. And if you, you follow us on Twitter, you might have seen the, the, the tweet that I shared. In the Matt Campbell era, the Oklahoma Sooners have only won two games by ten or more, by more than 10 points. Prior to Brent Venable's arrival, the point differential, the best point differential for the Oklahoma Sooners in a win was 10 points. That's it. Well, in 2022, Oklahoma beats Iowa State by 14. And then y'all saw what happened tonight. Beat Iowa State by 30. That's a drubbing. That's a huge win. Like I don't care who the opponent is. You beat a conference opponent by 30 points. That's a big, big win. The spread going into this game was anywhere from 19 and a half to 21 and a half, depending on where you looked. Oklahoma absolutely put it on them. And again, from the middle of the second quarter on, it just didn't look like Iowa State was playing the same, the same game. They didn't look like they were a team that belonged on the football field with Oklahoma. That's just how good they looked from then on. Obviously, there's things that still have to they have to continue to work on. There are obviously things that have to improve, have to get adjusted. You gotta hope for some injury good luck, some injury health. But man, five and oh, two and oh in Big 12 play, and it's a strong start. Mike Hauk of the uh, D- director of communications for Oklahoma athletics shared that Iowa state hadn't allowed a 300 yard passer in what was it like 19 games. And I think they shared this on a broadcast as well. And Oklahoma did it. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had a great performance. Uh, let's not bury the lead here. Throws for over 360 yards rushes for another 37. I mean, he had like 400 total yards and five total touchdowns in this game. The dude is dude played good, good football. The interception I mean, I think you could see it on the broadcast when they showed the, the replay that Jalil Farouk kind of ran a little bit of a sloppy route where that should probably should have been just a straight 10-yard out, but he rounds it off and allows the defensive back to get in front of him. And, and again, that's a timing thing, and Dylan Gabriel is expecting him at a certain time, at a certain spot, and if the receiver runs a sloppy route. And you know how much I love Jalil Farouk. You know I'm a Jalil Farouk fan. I believe in the dude. I think he's a, a great receiver that's going to have a big year man he needs to be a little bit sharper on that but i think there are areas where dylan gabriel can still improve but he had a great day like this was a phenomenal day again 400 yards of total offense for dylan gabriel five total touchdowns and we can continue to talk about this wide receiver group as well nick anderson had a great day just throw the football to him just get him involved in the offense look his way when he's on the field because all he does is make big plays. Same with Jaden Gibson. Every time these guys are on the field, they're making plays for you. And there was a time where Nick Anderson could have had another touchdown. I mean, he's got five touchdowns so far on the season, and he could have had a, a sixth one uh, if, if Dylan Gabriel sees him in the back of the end zone. I mean, again, it's easy to point these things out when we have the broadcast view. We have you know deeper views to look at. I'm not a quarterback sitting there behind a pocket and trying to read a defense and, and see all of the open, the open players. But he'll, it, it's one of those where you go back to the film, you look at it and you're like, man, I really wish I'd have seen that one because 
that was another opportunity for an easy touchdown. But I mean, he was awesome in some of these deep balls again to Gibson, to Anderson, to Brennan Thompson, you know, to, to Jalil Farouk, the one that set him up down on the one yard line. And even though Jalil Farouk didn't have a, a great route on that, he had a really good game. You know, he finishes the day with five receptions uh, for what was it? 81 yards on eight targets, a really strong day. Drake stoops again, you know, is just solid in his role, right? You're not asking him to go down the field and make big time plays for you, but five catches, 32 yards. I'm sure several of those were for, were for first downs. He leads the Sooners with nine targets and Dylan Gabriel was adamant about getting Drake stoops, the football down in the red zone. And I mean, he looked his way so many times on that, you know, late in the, late in the first half, you know, towards the end of the second quarter series where they're, they're trying to punch it in, trying to punch it in, trying to punch it in penalty, penalty, penalty. They get an opportunity hits Drake stoops with a bullet in the back of the end zone. Drake makes a great catch, gets his foot down. And, and the Sooners by that point are absolutely rolling, but we'll have so much more to say about this game. It was a really, really good performance, but here on locked on Sooners, we got to talk to you about passion we got to talk to you about drive and patience, the things that bring home that winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you need, what you're looking for, with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed it's going to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply it's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So let's talk running game because that's been a, a point of contention all season long. It's not been great. One thing that I will say though, it's been good enough. It's got to get better, but Oklahoma's five and zero. Oklahoma is running the ball pretty much when they need to. There are some parts of the running game that have to be bad. That have to be better, or they just have to be thrown out the, the wide zone game. I'm not a big fan of it. It's not really doing much for you offensively. If you can get back to the line of scrimmage, then you're having some effect. You kind of have to do it every once in a while just to get guys out of the box, but it's not been super effective for you. Uh, Marcus Major leads the day with 19 carries for 66 yards at three and a half yards per carry. Uh, Gavin Sawchuk, seven carries for 20 yards. Tommy Walker, four for uh, 17 at 4.3 yards per carry. Had you know a big run called back on a... I think it was J.J. Hester uh, holding penalty that was pretty obviously holding. Uh, but, yeah, it's got to continue to get better. You're not going to, you know, win by running for just 
I mean, they ran for 157 yards, but when you run at 3.8 yards per carry, that's not an efficient day. And so they've got to continue to improve that, see what they can do to find answers for the run game because it, it's it's not really super effective and super efficient. But um, I, I, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with where it's at, mostly because I see a quarterback that's playing really, really good football right now. And yeah, you want to be in better situations, better down in distances. So you're not having to convert third and seven all the time, but with the way that they're running their screen game, as much as I don't like it, it's a good alternative to the running game because it's just not been super effective. So if you can continue to run your screen game with great effect, like Oklahoma is able to, then you can kind of live a little bit with an inefficient run game because you're get, you're being, you're able to pick up some, some big plays through the screen game, or at least some, some chunks, you know, you might get it five, six yards, even if it's not a big play, you're, you're able to get a few games or a few, few gains. Uh, so yeah, they gotta, they gotta be a little bit better on that front. Um, y'all are asking for some Danny Stutzman stuff. I'm here with you recording, but let's see what uh, the old Twitter has to say about Danny Stutzman. Um, I don't see any updates yet from the folks that are at the stadium covering the game just yet. So if I see something like that, I will let y'all know. Uh, one interesting nugget, uh, college game day will be in Dallas for OU Texas next Saturday. So that's going to be super fun. It's always a great environment down there. You're probably going to hear uh, Oklahoma and Texas fans unite in some SEC chants. Okay, go for it, man. Enjoy your SEC chants that that'll be fun. Uh, let's go through a few of your comments here. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to miss a lot because it's a little bit different running the show solo. And, uh, 405 boys says, John, the defense took a few hits, but we shut them down in the second half. Yeah. You know, that's the thing I opened the show with. This is a resilient team. They battle back. They don't get, you know, flustered when one or two, even two bad drives go against them. They rally they have a short memory. They battle back against, you know, what has been, you know, maybe a bad couple drives or so. Seth Ammerman says Anderson and Gibson have to be better in blocking. I think they're okay in blocking, but what I want them out there on the field for is they're receiving. That's a big play. Like what they're doing when they get on the field in the receiving game is huge, man. You, you cannot minimize that. Yeah, they'll get better at blocking as they go, but the best way to get better at blocking is to get on the field and actually block. I mean, as much as we respect Austin Stogner, he had another big whiff on a run on a uh, run play or on a screen play that didn't go great. And so I'd almost rather you see you give the the young guys a chance here and let them make the mistake. Um, another one here. The big runs getting called back every single time is criminal. I'm already sick of these refs. Got Texas 42-28 with a score after watching this week. This defense was, or how weak this defense was this week from Blake. I, I mean, the big plays, that happens. Coaches will tell you holding gets called on every play. I mean, the Tali Walker hold run, that was absolutely a hold, and that's going to get called every single time. JJ, the guy, the defensive back turned around and has back to the line of scrimmage and JJ Hester was still holding him. So that, that one's going to get called. It's, it is what it is. Dave asks is, is uh, Dylan Gabriel going to be our number one running back or how will this work? 
I mean, he's your most effective runner. As much as I don't like him running on the design quarterback runs, he's been effective at it. I really think like Marcus Major and Tommy Walker are your, your two best options right now. Does that mean that you won't get something out of Gavin Sawchuk or Javante Barnes? I just think right now you're most consistent because Marcus Major has led you in carries each of the last two weeks. I mean, it's probably looking like the Marcus Major show heading into the Red River Showdown. Uh, what kind of couple more here? Arnold and Adipoja at a barre. Red shirts are gone. They will be big factors the rest of the year. I mean, Arnold, we're seeing the script for Jackson Arnold, right? He's going to play in garbage time. That's a, that, that's what you want him there for. When Oklahoma's got a big lead, you can take your, your starting quarterback out. You can get your true freshman five-star quarterback, some reps. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just don't see him being a significant factor in the offense, unless there was something happened happening to Dylan Gabriel. If he had you know several bad weeks in a row, which we probably won't, or he gets injured or something like that. Jackson Arnold's going to sit at a though. He's a, he's a, he's a significant member of that defensive end rotation. Brent Venables called, you know, for more snaps this week uh, on the Rudy's barbecue show. And what I'll, I'll look forward to seeing what pro football focus has for snap counts uh, later or Sunday, maybe Monday and uh, see how much more involved he was on the defense than he was in previous weeks, but we'll see. But yeah, at this point, you know, you're just trying to get talent out there with talents, you know, being able to play more and more talent, and get that talent developed as you get ready for the SEC. Because, I mean, not only is Peyton Bowen and or our Peyton Bowen is PJ and Jackson Arnold going to be significant factors maybe this year, but you're going to have to have them ready to go when you get to the SEC. They have to be big time contributors. And you know, Peyton Bowen, another punt return or a punt block, his second punt block of the year. I, I can't remember last time Oklahoma had two punt blocks in a year, and let alone by the same guy. So. Special teams has been a big factor for the Sooners, and it continues to show out every single time. Uh, Jonathan, he says, how much of the pulling away later in games is an improvement on defense, defensive depth versus actually being better technically? I think it's both. I think both you're better, you're more talented, and two, you're just making better plays. I think so many times guys are just out there trying to make a play or, or maybe they just get beat in the scheme, but aren't staying true to their keys, aren't staying true to their responsibilities all the time. But as the game goes along, they kind of get reminded like, oh yeah, we gave up that run because I maybe fit the wrong hole or I overran uh, this blocker and wasn't able to take him on. He got into the second level and then mitigated my linebackers. There's so many things that go into it, but it's a both thing. The fact that you're not having to play Danny Stutzman 100% of the snaps or Jaron Kanick 100% of the snaps, that keeps them fresher for the entirety of the game so that they can be more effective later in the game. But I think it's, it's a both thing. One, they have a better understanding of the defense. So they're better on defense. And two, they're just, they're, they're better from top to bottom. They can go two to three deep at different positions and you can still get uh, impressive and, and effective play out of them. So it's, it's a really good defense that again, I think we're seeing the improvement in the the response we're seeing the improvement in the adjustments that are being made we're seeing the improvement in the takeaways i mean two more takeaways tonight gentry williams billy bowman how do you talk about billy bowman i mean what a great play to open the game it was the last time we the first score of the game 
was a defensive touchdown for the Sooners. That that's crazy. I mean, a year ago, it was a special teams touchdown. They got the Sooners their first touchdown of the game against Iowa state. And, uh, this year it's Peyton Bowman or yeah, Billy Bowman, sorry. And the pick six, like that's a huge play, man. And it's a confidence booster too, for a guy that's played okay, but he hasn't started kind of living up to that potential and that, that four-star billing coming out of, out of uh, Denton Ryan. So a lot to like about the defense as a whole. And I think it's going to continue to get better and better. We're seeing that, you know, in game, they're getting better week to week. They're getting better. The, the Iowa state passing game, I think is better than what Cincinnati was able to do. And I was impressed by Iowa state's ability to run the football. I think again, Oklahoma being able to make some adjustments in the run game throughout the game was the difference in the game because Oklahoma then shut them down from the nine minute mark through the rest of the game. And Iowa state really didn't have any answers at, at that point. Over at FanDuel, now is the best time to step into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 off in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got NFL, college, Major League Baseball playoffs are getting ready to go. NBA is right around the corner. The NHL is getting started. So many options for you. The app is easy to use as a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player pops, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com and include money lines, props, etc. around your team as part this Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. So now the Oklahoma Sooners are five and zero against the spread. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Everything is looking up for the Sooners. Uh, JT 82 says, Todd, we need some more touches. I agree. There's there's few people that run in the same way that he runs. He runs physical, runs kind of angry, and that's kind of a tone-setting style of runner. I would love it if next week against Texas, Toby Walker was your starting running back, and he kind of helped set the tone for what that game is going to be, a physical game. You're going to need to set the tone early in that one. Um the offensive line I think is, is playing. Okay. One, one area that I, I noticed on the broadcast was at times the offensive line would get beat and then kind of quit on the play. Uh, one, there was a, a play that I think Marcus major minor or Gavin Sawchuk might've run uh, wide to the left. And I just, 
Andrew Rame and, and one of the other offensive linemen were just kind of sitting there, just not really doing anything, not really moving. But, yeah, they got to keep playing. I, I don't know where the fight is yet for this offensive line or where the dog mentality is. I don't know if I've seen it yet. Um, they've got to keep getting better for sure. D-line will have to get its hands up against Texas, not going to get there on every blitz. Absolutely true. I think that's an area that they can continue to improve. Um, but I feel like they are much improved than they were a year ago at getting home when they do blitz. Now, Quinn Ewers is going to try to get the ball out quick, but I like what I've seen from the pass rush right now. Um, 405 boy says Gavin Sachek is still missing something, missing a lot of burst. Uh, you know, Eric says mass is what Sachek is missing. And I don't think that's it. There's just something about his, his running. That's not quite where it's been just yet. Um, or what it looked like a year ago against Florida state. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe he's still just kind of getting his legs under him. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but you know, this team is still trying to figure out the running back position. And I think, you know, Gavin Sachek is one of those things that could be the answer, but not quite there just yet. I, I really, I, I don't know you, if I'm going to give grades really quickly, you know, Dylan Gabriel, get an a the wide receiver group. I'd give a B plus a minus two. I think there was areas that they could have been a little bit better. Uh, there were times where you had opportunities to make plays and, and it wasn't there. Uh, the Jalil Farouk interception, I, you know, I'll give him an a minus offensive line, probably a B the defensive line, you know, I'd love to see the pressure numbers again from pro football focus, but I felt like they were doing a pretty good job at getting Rocco Beck off his spot. And I mean, that's your, your number one job and he didn't kill him with his legs. So I, I thought they did a, an effective job. You know, maybe they didn't create a bunch of sacks, but you got two turnovers. You stopped the run in the second half. You didn't make things comfortable for uh, Rocco Beck. Um, Neo Aguni asks what happened on those busted plays. It's just defensive backs kind of losing focus on what they're supposed to do where, you know, they're going and either trying to make a play on the ball or they're just overrunning the defender thinking the other guy's going to make the play on the ball and you just have some cross-ups and that's kind of what happens. Sometimes you get a little miscommunication miscommunication or just a missed uh, assignment or, or blown coverage. And that's just kind of how it goes. Um, uh, according to George Stoya and via Brent Venables, Danny Stutzman is fine. So Eileen, we can answer your question. hope Stutzman is okay because we're going to need him. I like that we made adjustments on defense after they scored 20 points. Totally agree that we are responding so much better. Thank you so much for that comment, Eileen. But yeah, it sounds like Dil uh, Danny Stutzman is a-okay. To me, it looked like he almost kind of like landed on his funny bone, if that makes sense. Like landed on that one part of his bone that just kind of makes you like, I don't know, it hurts a lot, but then you're kind of shaking it off or might've got a little nerve on that one as well. So I think he's going to be fine. Probably if the game was closer, you might've seen him back in the game, but because it was already out of hand, he didn't need to get back in there for any reason. So better to just let him take a chill, sit back and, you know, let him get some rest and not have to play extra plays. Uh, Seth's mentioning Jordan Kelly getting a lot of playing time. I think, you know, you're just seeing a, a defensive tackle rotation and that's okay. Like, I'll be curious to see what the injuries were out of this game, but ultimately you've got a, a group of defensive linemen that, that are deep and you have a rotation that you can use. And these guys are going to be able to do different things in different matchups. But I think as a whole, they're playing pretty solid. So I haven't really 
not very much to say about the defensive line. I think they are playing very good football, especially after they made adjustments against the run later in the first half. And then through the second half, they, I thought they played really, really well. Uh, it, it's one of these games, you know, against a team like Iowa state where you're the much better team and you've been the much better team for much of the Matt Campbell era, but haven't always been able to win in the way that you won tonight. And what a great crowd, a great ambiance. It was again uh, in Norman for this one, more night games. The night games are fun, uh, especially then I can get my kids to bed and I can watch the second half uh, without much distraction. So that makes it a lot more fun uh, than some of those daytime games. But uh, let me see any does Texas. Okay. Blake says Texas wins close this week. The win win close in the big 12 championship. Do both teams make the playoff? I don't know. And I, that may be a cop-out answer, Blake. I apologize for that. But given the depth of the PAC 12 with Oregon, Washington, and still USC, even though USC looks really vulnerable right now, they're undefeated. Given that depth, uh, given what's going on in the SEC, the Big Ten, you know, it's going to be hard to, I think, get two Big 12 teams in there, given just the the respect level that generally national voters have for the Big 12. But it also wouldn't surprise me either if you have two one-loss teams and they both beat each other during the regular season or during the season, not just the regular, but, you know, you know what I mean. One wins in Red River, the other one wins in the championship game. It wouldn't surprise me, but I think a lot would have to happen in other conferences to make that happen. You'd have to have two loss Pac-12 you know, runner-up, a two-loss SEC runner-up, and a one-loss Big Ten runner-up. And, I mean, it, to me, it looks like Florida State's going to find their way into the playoff. You know, I think Georgia finds their way into the playoff, and then either Michigan, Ohio State, and then don't sleep on Penn State either. Penn State could very well find themselves in the playoff. Uh, and then depending on how the Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State trio works itself out, two of those teams could end up making it like last year. And then again, depending on how the PAC 12 shakes out, you could see two PAC 12 teams make it as well. So all you got to do is just keep winning, win the one next and then get ready for UCF. Win that one, then Kansas win that one. But what we're learning right now in the big 12 is everything is wide open. The Oklahoma Sooners are going to have a chance to hang a banner at the end of the year. Like Brent Venable said about this team in the preseason. So I'm, I'm liking where this team's at. Um, I mean, I still stand by my prediction that Oklahoma is going to beat Texas, but uh, we'll see. Uh, man, there's so much still to talk about on this, and we're going to have more to cover all week long. And, and thank you so much for being a part of the just post-game live. Again, I didn't touch on everything, still kind of rattling around in my brain, but We'll, Josh and I will break this game more down for you on our Monday episode. So make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on YouTube as well. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Be here Monday night, 9 p.m. Central Time for our live show as well. We go an hour long. We talk all kinds of stuff, uh, especially Oklahoma. John, did I watch the USC game? Caleb Williams throws six TDs and still has to play all four quarters. I did. And I was very pleased with the fact that Colorado – at least kept it close and made my you know, bold prediction that they could potentially hang with USC, not look so silly. So thanks a lot, Dion and Shadur for that. So yeah, it's, it's a good time to be an Oklahoma Sooners fan, especially on D if you're a defensive football fan, not a great time to be a USC fan because yeah, they're winning games, but 
you've got concerns. And while Oklahoma has concerns, I think those concerns are far fewer. But until next time, my name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. And uh, follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref as well. We can't wait to talk to you in our Monday show. Again, Monday night live show as well. Boomer Sooner. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 